Hi, everybody. It's Jay. I'm the author of Maximize Your Medicare. I'm also the host of the Maximize Your Medicare podcast. The 2016 edition of the book, Maximize Your Medicare, is available pretty much anywhere, including Amazon. You can also order it from your local bookstore. Be sure to like the Maximize Your Medicare page on Facebook. Subscribe to this podcast anywhere that free podcasts are available, including iTunes. Today's podcast is not financial advice. It is also not the offer of any financial instrument, including but not limited to insurance. Comments and information in this podcast are not sanctioned or endorsed by any government agency, including but not limited to Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, the CMS. With all of that good stuff out of the way, we begin in five, four, Three, two, one. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Community Health Radio. I'm your host, Will Eisenbrandt. Well, when we started this podcast, we said we wanted to take on all topics related to community health. And so why not start out with the biggest, most complicated problem out there, Medicare. It would take a whole series of shows to even scratch the surface on this issue, and who knows, we might get to that down the road, but for now, let's just get an introduction, and in a few moments, we'll bring on our guest today, J.O., who is a Medicare expert and author. So I look out, and I see three different populations that are involved with the enrollment of Medicare. There are those who are not quite eligible but need to start preparing for it those who are eligible now and are trying to figure out the plan, and those who are already enrolled and had some experiences with the program. Each of these groups have different concerns and different approaches to the enrollment period, but when I talk to people about Medicare, I mostly get mixed emotions. Happy to have it, but it doesn't cover everything is a common complaint. The biggest concern, though, the thing that I hear the most often is trying to find a doctor. So many people are worried that once they're on Medicare, they won't be able to find a doctor that will accept it. And it's such a valid concern. But the the advice I have for everyone is do your research and be prepared. Community health centers or federally qualified health centers are a great resource for Medicare enrollees. If you're looking for help, reach out to one of these centers. For the other concerns, Let's get a little bit of help, and we'll go to the phones, meet with J.O. All right, my guest today is J.O. He is a certified financial planner, chartered life underwriter, a chartered financial consultant, and founding member of GH2 Benefits, LLC, which is a provider of a full range of benefit services to individuals and businesses. He's an expert contributor to a website powered by the nation's second largest provider of Medicare plans, Humana, titled MyMedicareAnswers.com. He is also the author of a top-rated, top-selling book on Medicare titled Maximize Your Medicare, Understanding Medicare, Protecting Your Health, and Minimizing Costs. Jay, welcome. Thank you very much for having me on the show today. Well, it's great to have you here because I know a lot of people have questions, they've got concerns when it comes to Medicare, this is an opportunity for everybody to get some answers to all of their questions. So 
let's get right into it. I know uh, probably the biggest thing here, we hear it all the time, people are unhappy with their Medicare coverage. Uh, is this something, is it a lack of coverage from Medicare, or is this more a lack of understanding about the plan? What really drives this negativity towards Medicare plans? I think the main thing is that people misunderstand the red, white, and blue card, the original Medicare card itself, right from the beginning. As a result of that, then they make selections, whether that be Medicare Advantage or a Medigap, or they stay with their employer-provided plan, retiree plan. And because they misunderstood the, how Medicare actually works and what it is intended to do, they then become unhappy with the combination that they've selected. The point of Maximize Your Medicare is to actually explain through what Medicare does and does not do so that they can make the appropriate choice for themselves on top of original Medicare or not. And that will be dictated by a person's financial and health circumstances, certainly. Okay, so, so they're not understanding the initial intent. The original, uh, so, correct. Yeah, and so, so future decisions that are being made might not be the correct decisions. What, what do you see as some of the biggest mistakes or some of the biggest missteps people take because of that lack of understanding? Well, if you just take the red, white, and blue card itself, many people may know there are two lines on it, one which is part A, one which is part B. Let's just give a, the briefest example. I'll try to be as brief as possible. The language looks the same as pre-Medicare, but it works differently. And there's your first point of misunderstanding. Let's just take part A. People see a deductible if you go to the hospital and they presume that, okay, well, it works like pre-Medicare, you pay the deductible once a year. Under Medicare, that line specifically is not an annual deductible. It is per benefit period. And the way to translate benefit period is medical event. So now you can understand right away people misunderstand the red, white, and blue card. Then they make decisions based on that faulty misunderstanding. And there you have the ripple effect, and someone's to blame. It's usually someone like me that's to blame. So, but you can you understand. sold the plan, and yeah. So exactly. Yeah. So so per event, if if I, uh, you know, out working in the garden, turn my ankle, end up having to go to the ER uh, because I ended up, you know, with some sort of damage broken bone, pulled ligament, something like that. Right. I go in there. Right. I've got a deductible that I pay for all services related to that injury. But if six months if from now... I'm I sorry to interrupt. You pay the deductible for the hospital stay. That's the Part A. The Part A, just briefly, is for hospital services. Okay. So let's say you do, you suffer the injury while gardening. Um, then you and you have to be checked into the hospital, so you've broken your leg, and you have to stay for three days. Let's say that okay. yes, the deductible is for the that hospital stay. You're absolutely right. So okay, and then from it, there, let's just say for example, the winter comes. Hmm? Excuse me. That, I, that's where I was going. Winter comes. You slip on the ice. Now it's your elbow or your wrist or something like that. You go back in you have to pay that deductible again. Exactly right, because the, the first benefit period of gardening 
has passed, and that's over. So the, the slip and fall during the winter is a separate benefit period, therefore a separate deductible. And the number of the question I always get asked when I'm speaking in public is how many can occur in a given year? And the answer is an unlimited number of benefit periods can occur in a year. Unlimited. And that, that is a big difference between you know, what, what we see with individual plans or group plans through our employers something like that prior to Medicare. Because that deductible is an annual deductible or a benefit period deductible. Once you pay that full deductible, then insurance just covers it for that year, right? And we can talk about this for literally hours on end, but yes, you can, so you can see my point, which is that the language uses the same word, deductible, but you can see that its function actually works very differently under Medicare. And yeah, because of that base misunderstanding, you just gloss over your, your documentation, oh, you see deductible. And then you present, make presumptions. And then you make decisions based on those presumptions. And now you understand the ripple effect. Absolutely. So let's, let's take this the next step here. Um, there's misunderstandings. We've, we've you know, covered pretty in-depth here one of those misconceptions. I'm sure there's lots of them. But when people do make this mistake, when they, they don't fully understand what, what the terminology is, they make a mistake in, in the, the plan that they enrolled in or, or the extra options they took in, what are some of the consequences that can come out of those mistakes? Uh, is it something you can just you know, change the next benefit period? Well, what happens is you do have some flexibility to change. People will understand during football season you turn on TV and watch a college football game and all of a sudden you see Medicare commercials pretty much everywhere. During the period that runs between October 15th and December 7th, you have the unrestricted right to change your prescription plan, which is a standalone Part D plan, or a Medicare Advantage plan, which is kind of takes the place of your red, white, and blue card, but combines medical and prescription coverage. So <clears throat> there, are, there is flexibility to change within that. Now there's a whole separate of, set of other plans called Medigap. It's also called Medicare Supplement. It's also called Medicare Supplemental. Those are three terms meaning the identical thing. Those plans you cannot necessarily change into them because beyond the age of 65 and a half, and depending on the state that you live, the sellers, the carriers, they will have some rights to ask you medical questions at that point and refuse your application. So it is very important to, for persons to understand from the, the beginning so that to basically maximize the amount of flexibility that they will have going forward. And that's really the point of one of the messages when I've spoken in public in front of you know, libraries or senior centers, universities, or the book, which is to say, let's think through not only today what you can get as the rules so that you understand the definitions, but then also the implications of the flexibility that you have in the future. Life happens. We're getting older. Everyone is father time ultimately undefeated. So how do we deal with that on an ongoing basis? 
Okay. Uh, I just want to remind everybody, this podcast being brought to you by Heritage Health, serving the communities of North Idaho for over 30 years. Heritage Health, healthcare from the heart. And, you know, with our sponsor here, Heritage Health, we've got over 26,000 patients. Not all of them are in that Medicare population. Um, a lot of times, you know, we're, we're in that middle age, but we have parents who are reaching that, that stage. They're, they're getting to the point where Absolutely. they're getting into that. And, and, you know, as kids, we want to help. We want to say, all right, mom, Absolutely. dad, let's get you enrolled. Let's see how it's going. And, and we hear, no, we're all set. We got it covered. Don't worry. We're, we're taken care of. Is that possible? Can they really be all set? Or, or should we be pushing a little bit harder maybe to get involved and help, help our parents out? And there's the, of course, conflict is the wrong word, but there's, of course, the difficult uh, situation, right? Adult-age children, I'm an adult-age child. My mother is a Medicare-eligible person. But I happen to understand the difference of how Medicare is different than individual health or employer-provided health. So you can see the pickle, for lack of a better term, that we talked about at the beginning, which is, yes, Mom, I want to help you, that said, I may not have the full information on how Medicare is different. So there's that side. And then there's the senior, uh, the, senior the, the person who's on Medicare, saying they're all set. Well, we have a demographic reality here, which is 55 million current enrollees in Medicare, 10,000 people a day turn 65 in this country every day. And that will occur for the next 20 years as the baby boomers uh, approach retirement age. So you can understand it's kind of difficult to reach the conclusion that to say that you're all set will be a permanent situation. To me, it is something that will continue to require attention by extended networks of people at the family level. So that means advisors, that means children, that means everyone has to be hand, all hands on deck, just given the demographic reality. You know, and I know it's kind of putting you on the spot here, but uh, if you had a crystal ball and you were going to look into it, uh, you know, they're, they're raising the retirement age, they're, they're changing all this with Social Security benefits. Uh, do you see that they're going to have uh, similar changes happening for Medicare, that maybe benefits are, are going to be uh, <clears throat> not going to be eligible for as early as they are now? They extend the date or age. Are we seeing it's not uh, changes? Sure. It's not clear that a change to the eligibility age is actually coming because there's a feedback loop to the persons who are 65 years old. Of course, the person who is turning 65 and all of a sudden if it were delayed, that would have an impact on that entire age set. I'm not saying, and I, you're right, I don't have a crystal ball. I wish I did. As far as I'm certain that they're looking at it, We've, you can see on the Internet that groups of persons have studied and looked at it. I think that it really drives home the original message, which is that Medicare as it stands now is actually a very, very good starting point at the price that you get it. As a result, uh, on MyMedicareAnswers.com on this Humana website you mentioned, the number one question that we get is, can I delay enrollment in Medicare? And to which my rhetorical answer that I kind of mumble to myself is my question really would be, how can I get into Medicare? Because before things change 
and kind of the case, whatever those might be. Given the demographic reality, to me, it's best that people understand Medicare now and try to lock down, if you will, as many things as they can in an uncertain world. And that's kind of the underlying message, the motivation for my, maximize, my medic, maximize Your Medicare and me speaking with you. Great. Well, I got, I got one more you know, multi-part question here, and we'll get you out on this. Sure, no problem. But, <laughs> no problem. Uh, all right. So I see, uh, I see three populations right now that are, that are kind of in this Medicare area. Not identify them as you know those that are approaching the age but not quite there. Uh, those who are at Medicare age and are ready to enroll for the first time. Those who are already enrolled. I'd like to go through each one of those groups and, and see if you could give us maybe that one thing, that one major thing each of those groups should really be focused on right now that will help them get through this and have a better experience and, and a better appreciation for the benefit that they have. So, we talk about those who are not quite eligible, they're getting close, let's say they're 63, 64, they're almost at 65. What should they be focused on? What should they be looking at right now? For the ones approaching, I think the main thing is that if there's the flexibility to do so, to save money while you can, if you can, there are programs called Health Savings Account, otherwise known as HSA. It is an increasing trend because the monies can be used for medical expenses for what Medicare or a Medicare Advantage plan do not pay. In other words, they never expire even when you turn Medicare eligible. You always get to, and you get to keep that money as a pre-tax benefit. I, consider them or the best way for people to understand those accounts is something that I would call health IRA. Um, for the persons first turning 65, I would suggest that people take a look at the entire set of plans. Of course, that means understanding that red, white, and blue card as it stands. And not make presumptions, meaning that it's probably not going to work that the, you would presume that my previous employer is going to give me retiree health benefits. That is quickly fading in this country. I don't think that train will, will stop. In other words, retiree health benefits are weakening and they are, or disappearing. That means that you will want to understand Medicare and then comparison shop. And that includes uh, people who are, for example, the spouse is retiring and the other spouse is not retired in retirement age. Those combinations are pretty complicated, but they, make, they have large financial impacts to persons, which ultimately determine whether you can pay for health care. For the persons who are existing enrollees, remember, like we spoke about at a few moments ago, that you can make changes to your standalone prescription plan. So those persons who have a Part D plan, that every state pretty much has somewhere in the mid-20s to low-30s numbers of these plans. Given how competitive it is, that more choices means that it is very unlikely that your single best solution stays the same over time. Right. There's just competition by the sellers. That alone should tell you that they're competing. Therefore, the, your best answer is very likely to change 
and that change can be meaningful to your coverage, to your costs. The bottom line there is that you will want to stay on top of that you know, at least the once a year so, and exercise your consumer rights. That's great. I'm glad you brought up HSAs. I think we could probably do an entire series of podcasts just on that vehicle. It's a wonderful way to get prepared for retirement medical. Uh, Jay, thanks so much for taking time to be with us today. Can you, can you give us your website address in case any of our listeners want to reach out and, and talk to you and maybe get some help? Absolutely. The website, the official website to the book is MaximizeYourMedicare.com. Right when people get there, there is a free newsletter. I have a series of podcasts as well. Hopefully I'm going to ask you to return my favor today. <laughs> and in addition to that, there are information tidbits as well as links to podcasts, things like that. It is free. We don't use the information for any other reason other than to keep you up to date on Medicare. Excellent. And where can people get your book? The book can be bought, of course, on Amazon. Everything's for sale on Amazon, it seems, these days. It is also available on request. If you go to the bookstore and bring them the title, they will be able to get it for you. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Jay. Let's do this again soon, all right? I would like that. It's been my privilege today. Thank you very much. That was J.O., and you can find out more about him at his website, MaximizeYourMedicare.com. We're almost out of time here, but I wanted to circle back and reemphasize a couple points from our interview. You know, number one, Medicare is complex, and even if you are pretty savvy with insurance, Medicare operates a little differently. And that leads me into the second point, get help. There are resources everywhere to help you with your Medicare plans. And as we heard, little mistakes, they can affect you down the road. So get it right the first time, find those experts, find those resources, do what you can to have the best experience possible once you get onto Medicare. I want to thank J.O. for his time today, and I want to thank all of you for tuning in. Keep checking the MyHeritageHealth.org website for new episodes or subscribe to this podcast through iTunes. If you have an idea for a future show topic, make sure you email us at chr, that's chr, like Community Health Radio, at MyHeritageHealth.org. Thanks again, everyone, and please stay healthy, my friends. <laughs>